The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I'm your host, Jeff Horvitz, and Glenn is here as well. And if you'd like to talk with him, of course, you're here, Glenn. It's, it's your show. You got to be here. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to talk with Glenn one-on-one, give him a call, 928-225-2474. We're going to do another multi-part series here. Glenn wanted to get into commodities. Yeah. Um, so this is all about commodities the next two weeks. Uh, I guess, why'd you choose this? Uh, over You go over a lot of topics. We're well into many podcasts here at this point, Glenn. Yeah. Um, commodities play a big role in our lives today, um, whether it be um, stuff that we use, stuff that we need to heat our house, stuff that's uh, used to make the products that we consume. Um, and it should be a part of every one of our portfolios. And so understanding each of these asset classes, these commodities and how they work, I think will provide a lot of just diversification in your portfolio. So I think it's a, an area that we've always looked into as a firm. And so even more important for people listening to consider, are these commodities a good fit for my portfolio? There's a whole bunch of commodities. Um, we could probably just spend a couple hours just listing all of them. Yeah. Uh, but you have some specifics that, and, and that people are really familiar with that you want to get into. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, some common commodities that most people have heard of that usually most investors have at some degree. So we've got oil, natural gas, gold, silver, lithium, wheat, sugar, soy, timber, and steel um, with probably the first maybe five of the most popular, the oil, natural gas, gold, silver, and maybe lithium are the ones people tend to gravitate the most. Okay. Um, I guess you want to start off with oil and start at the top of the list here. Yeah. Work, yeah, work our way through it. I mean, everyone's familiar with oil as a commodity and what probably one of the more important ones. Yeah. In, I would in the say world. probably the most important commodity, maybe behind wheat. Wheat is pretty important because it's in so much of our food, but yeah, oil, um, also known as petroleum oil or petroleum or crude oil. It's just a fossil fuel that we mine from the ground from thousands and millions of years of, um, pressure. Um, and then it creates the, um, oil from the decomposing organic matter. So, um, but it's an important, uh, energy source. It fuels our, our cars, our planes, our ships, our trains. Um, it even is a part of our, um, making plastics and fertilizers and other chemicals. So oil is, uh, definitely a very, very important part of our, our daily lives. Yeah, I don't think people realize Glenn, how much some people do, but how much of the products you have in your daily life is, is petroleum based. I mean, I'm just looking around the studio here and mm-hmm. everything I touch, the computer screens, the mixing yep. boards, the microphones, yep. the cables, everything is, has petroleum in it. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned the fertilizer. So literally yeah. the food we're eating mm-hmm. relies on that. And it's just without it, I, I guess it, we'd be in a totally different world. Yeah, exactly. Even just if we look at the importance of energy, um, you know, the, the oil is used in a lot of different processes. So um, whether it be powering transportation, electric, electricity generation, heating, and also a lot of industrial applications too. So think about all these big factories. They have to have some sort of energy source or fuel. And a lot of times it's going to be some form of oil. Yeah. 
And uh, I mean, when you get to your vehicles, just the, uh, when you talk about combustion, uh, internal combustion engines, mm-hmm. uh, again, back to your, your food and your products that you buy. I mean, it's not just the fertilizer, but it's, it's all the equipment to yeah. Uh, yeah. harvest it, till yeah. the soil. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of uh, industrial applications with farming, um, our trains, you know, the BNSF railroad and all the other trains, they usually use diesel or some sort of gas powered turbine engine. So, um, the days of coal are long gone, but we're not at electric trains yet for our main, um, transportation. And then also, um, seven, seven 7% of our petroleum products or petroleum is used for plastics in, in America. So that's, um, a pretty large number of how much, uh, petroleum is used, um, on a daily basis just to create all the different products we have. All the packaging and everything. And uh, do you remember the time when there wasn't so much plastics in packaging? I, I kind of still can, but now it's like everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, I still remember when there was a lot of glass bottles and things, Glenn, and it's like everything has gone to plastic. And so it takes a ton of petroleum based products, oil, natural gas. Yeah. So like, um, even just the pen that we have in uh, our hands, the, the keyboard, um, the plastics in your car, um, boats, uh, I have a whole list and there's like hundreds of them, contact lenses. I mean, anything that's plastic is derivative of oil of some sort. Now, um, natural gas can also be used to make plastics as well. But, um, you know, a lot of the products that we have, um, you know, are derived from oil at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have so many in here listed. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of them, I don't know if we use anymore. Movie film, I guess lenses, contact lenses, drinking yeah. cups. Is my red solo cup. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> yeah. Eyeglasses. Yeah. Um, battery yeah. cases. Yeah. You name it. Speakers, toilet seats. I mean, my floor that we're s- sitting on here. Yeah. All that, um, laminate flooring now. Yeah. It's all plastic based. It's so it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And then the next thing is like, what, what drives the price of oil, right? Yeah. Because oil is used in a lot of our processes, not just in America, but around the entire world. And, um, there, the main one is probably supply and demand. And then also OPEC. Um, are the two ones that kind of determine pricing. So um, I don't know if the listeners know what OPEC is. It's the um, basically <clears throat> it's a cartel, um, a grouping of a, a bunch of different nations that have come together to decide what the output of their oil is going to be. And then they can um, change their output um, to fix or change the prices of things too. So um, it's a little bit of a price fixing that goes on there. <clears throat> and then um the supply and demand is also affected by OPEC as well. So if OPEC says we're going to produce a whole lot less oil, um, so that way we can drive the price up, well, then there's less supply out there in the world and there's more demand for it. So they can kind of manipulate the price a lot. And that's always been a challenge um, as as investors is what is the price of oil going to do? And we'd have to really know what OPEC's going to do. And uh, they're not exactly always transparent um, for what they're going to do and, and how they're going to change the prices. So or in the best interests of our interests, the United States interests. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they're not looking at, um, you know, what's good for the world. They're looking at what's good for their pocketbooks um, because a lot of their economy is based off of oil um, exportation. Well, they'll, and they'll cut production. They'll do things to manipulate that price. I think you mentioned that, Glenn. Yeah. They'll say, oh, we're going to cut it by a million barrels a day or whatever the case may yep. be. Because obviously it's it's a lot easier in business to sell less of a product at a higher price, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So they they do that oftentimes, and then we see the prices go up significantly. Exactly, exactly. The other thing that can also impact the price of oil is um, 
natural disasters or extreme weather. So say we have an oil refinery somewhere off the coast of Mexico and we have a huge storm. Um, it knocks that refinery offline. Well, then and it's going to just back up the refinery process and take longer. Um, and so oil is going to be naturally a little bit more expensive until that comes back online. And I have I pulled up OPEC, Glenn, just for reference here, the member countries, yep. Al- Algeria, Angola, Congo, Equatorial Guiana, uh, Gabon. Uh, I think that's Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Libya, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and Venezuela. Mm. And I thought there was an OPEC plus as well. Now there's always a plus for everything. And I thought that included Russia. I think so. So it's like a a bonus (laughs) subsequent membership. Yeah. It's uh, like your standard membership and then your plus membership. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is? What I, I think this gets lost Glenn in the world we live in where we hear about electrification all the time. And I think you've spent time talking about that from an investment point of view. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to get rid of internal combustion cars and uh, natural gas stoves, and we're going to just get rid of the, the fossil fuels. But I don't think people play this out very long as far <laughs> as what would life look like if oil, you, you remember that show life after people mm-hmm. on discovery or whatever channel that was. What would life look like if oil just vanished tomorrow, which some people would like to happen? Yeah, I think, <laughs> what would we be living like? I think if you just to stop oil, like it just disappeared overnight, you'd probably have 100 million people minimum just pass away instantly um, because they wouldn't be able to heat their homes or they wouldn't be able to keep their medications cool or any number of reasons. So that would be you know pretty catastrophic, which is awful to think about, um, you know, for the sake of the good of the planet is, you know, sacrificing that many people. Um, but the other impacts it'll have is a lot of economics. So, um, just the stuff that we're naming off, we wouldn't be able to have that anymore. And so, uh, America there, um, you know, we have a large part of our economy that is definitely based on oil. So that would radically change. Um, a lot of the products that we use wouldn't be available, um, which, I don't know what the substitute would be um, yeah. for plastics. Um, <laughs> you can't have paper, everything. I mean, even the paper straws, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they biodegrade, but they biodegrade in your drink while you're drinking it. So yeah, those are awful. Yeah. Those they're not a the perfect technology. So I think life without oil would be very drastically different. Um, certainly um, transportation would look very different. Um, if everything was only electric and you couldn't afford the electric car, um, I guess you're not driving. Um, oil is cheap, um, effective, and it's efficient. So um, having a combustion engine is, um, you know, pretty, pretty neat thing to have. And so yeah. getting rid of that would change even our industry for, uh, agriculture. So food would get very expensive. Yeah. How do you ship stuff across the country when you got to stop every three, 400 miles to charge the battery for X amount of hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I could imagine, do you remember the old TV sets that used to sit on the floor? It was like furniture. Yep. Maybe we'll go back to wood framed TV sets, you know, they were all, it was like built <laughs> yeah. with a big, but still all the, you even mentioned the straw, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, I, I question that biodegradable, um, environmentally friendly straw, how much oil components are in there? How much did oil touch that still yeah. in delivery and, and manufacturing and all that? And yeah, for the heating process yeah, and the production of it, it, it's probably oil still involved, even though the product isn't oil itself, it still had oil involved in it. And so even a lot of our electric EV technology still involve oil to get them to that place. Um, I mean, if you went back to coal, 
um, yeah, that could be a substitute, but coal is really dirty, um, really kind of toxic and, um, even more of an environmental impact than, uh, gas ever is. So, um, yeah, I just think it'd be a very weird scenario if we didn't have oil in our, our world today. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the other, um, a, a, another petroleum, you mentioned coal, um, but let's get into, um, natural gas. Um, another fossil fuel when we come back. And if you yeah. want to talk with Glenn, give him a call at 928-225-2474. And you can also email anytime intelligent investing at WT wealth management. That's intelligent investing at WT wealth management.com. Hang tight back in a minute. You're listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. Give Glenn a call right now at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. More Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least when we come back. Welcome back to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Lease. Give Glenn a call anytime at 928-225-2474 or email intelligentinvesting at wtwealthmanagement.com. Plus, check out uh, many past episodes by looking up Intelligent Investing with Glenn Leist on your favorite podcast provider. We're doing a two-part series on commodities. So we covered oil a bit. Uh, let's get into natural gas, Glenn. And I guess, how's that commodity work? What is it? How do we use it? Give us kind of the nuts and bolts there, the 30,000 foot view. Yeah. So natural gas is very similar to oil and how it's um, extracted, how it's formed over the years. Um, And so the natural gas can be used in a lot of different applications, such as heating, um, generating electricity, powering our vehicles, uh, production of chemicals, fertilizers. Um, I mean, think about everything in your house that's used uh, natural gas. I mean, you've got your uh, gas dryer, you've got your stove, you've got maybe a gas fireplace, your furnace, your water heater, um, the hot, uh, the, the heating system for your house as well. Maybe you have a propane outside barbecue that you use to heat the uh, your grill. So, so propane has a lot of uses and the, the nice benefit of propane is that it's a lot more of a cleaner burning fuel um, than maybe oil or coal is. So it's much more environmentally friendly. Um, it has a lot of similar applications than gas, but not all the same applications. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's clean. It's trans, it's, it's easily trans transported, um, especially rural communities when you're talking propane, yeah. uh, natural gas stoves and all that. But there's a push to get rid of that. There's a push to, uh, degasify, especially when it comes to your appliances at home. Uh, we saw that come out just a few weeks, a couple months ago where they're saying, Hey, got to get rid of it. Cause all of a sudden now it's dangerous to your health to have that in your home. Uh, that got shot down pretty quick, but I think that it's still being pushed. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I mean, natural gas is a very efficient, uh, source of heating. I yeah. mean, think about how fast it can heat up your house or how fast it can, um, heat up your water. And so, um, the electric versions of those, if you've ever have an electric stove versus a gas burning stove, 
it's night and day difference. You're mm-hmm. like, that's why all the, the top chefs don't use electric stoves. It's just not yeah. the same. <laughs> Chef Ramsey with his, uh... yeah. Yeah. And even in the actual oven component, um, you know, the natural gas is very effective in that area. I mean, do they even make electric, um, the actual stove parts, not the stove top, but the actual yeah, stove. Yeah. You can, you, I've seen, I've had them before, yeah. but yeah, they're, they're, it takes a while to heat up and natural gas heats up really, yeah, really quick fast. And efficient, and, yeah. yeah ab- absolutely. Um, you mentioned heating water. Um, that's if you've ever had an electric hot water heater versus a gas hot water heater, that gets pretty pricey, you know, re- really quickly. Yeah, and I've never actually had any kind of uh, electric uh, water heater, so yeah, I'm not familiar. I have, yeah. But my natural gas bill is fairly um, affordable every month. I mean, even with the increase in price of natural gas over the years, it's maybe sixty, seventy dollars a month in winter when we're running the furnace a lot. Um, and then during the summer, it's maybe 40. So pretty, pretty cost effective. So, um, yeah, natural gas, it's, um, it's a non-renewable, um, fossil fuel. So it's not like there's a whole bunch more being made, but there's still so much available that, um, I do question why we'd want to get off of natural gas when it's such a efficient and clean burning source of fuel. Well, in the United States, we have a tremendous reserves of natural gas. Um, do you have a lot of clients that are asking, Hey, how do I invest in this? Is it even kind of on the radar, Glenn, as, as far as, hey, let, how do I take advantage of this? Or are they worried about uh, kind of the political winds that seem to want to get rid of it? Um, so when we get exposure to commodities and we get a broad exposure to a lot of different commodities. It's not just oil or gas. It's a, a mixture of oil, gas, wheat, steel, coffee, soy, sugar, all the big ones. And so um, naturally we get exposure to all of those. Um, and so they, cause they all have an importance, um, in our, in our portfolios, um, natural gas prices have actually, if you look at them in the last maybe 30, 40 years have done, uh, have gone them tremendously, tremendously, uh, over that time. Um, think about how much per gallon it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago for natural gas. And now is it what four or five bucks a gallon? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a house that's being powered by only propane, you've got one of those propane tanks heating your house. Um, you know how expensive it can be. Um, to fill up. And whereas like maybe five years ago, it wasn't. So, I mean, expensive is a relative term. I mean, it's still cost effective, but it's gotten more pricey over the years for sure. There's a huge economic side to this economic growth, uh, the whole gas industry, people that may also want to be investing in things. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of jobs that generate, and it generates if, if you're into that sort of thing and, you know, tax revenue yeah. um, to, to run the governments. Yeah. So, um, the actual job component of it, um, the, the economic output from mining and extracting oil and refining it, um, we need it regardless. And so might as well have that industry in our own backyard, especially if we have enough reserves. I don't really see a reason not to have, um, oil extraction or natural gas, uh, refineries and extraction, um, projects. Um, yeah, you don't want it next to a city obviously, but, um, there's some places you can put it that, you know, really won't have a huge impact on the the surrounding communities. Um, and in fact, um, I just have a stat here. It's that natural gas, um, you know, when it's turned into liquid, um, is used at really around 4% of all transportation in America. So, um, there is still quite a bit of, um, vehicles, um, and transportation that does use natural gas. So. I see some of those buses, I think sometimes some <laughs> of the public transport, I, I think uses that natural gas and all that. Um, what impacts, um, Glenn, the prices, how does it, 
How's it, how's, how's the prices happen when it comes to natural gas? What, what, what's, what's the major impacts there? Sure. So uh, supply and demand again with same with oil, um, but also economic growth can impact the price of oil and natural gas. So think about during the pandemic when no one was traveling, the factories were shutting down, everything was, you know, really slowed the price of oil and natural gas just tanked. And then once everything kind of got kickstarted back up again, and there was a huge amount of <clears throat> demand, the prices went up. So definitely if you're in a growing nation that is growing their their economy, you're going to have a lot more of a demand for natural gas um, just because that's uh, needed in the industrial and manufacturing process. So that's one uh, thing that affects it, supply and demand. Now, there's no um, – we don't have the same price fixing with natural gas, quite the same as OPEC. So that is a good, a good thing. Um, but the extreme weather can um, definitely impact it as well. So if you have – extraction that's going on and uh, huge storm hits or a flood and your uh, extraction um, or refinery um, plant has to go offline, that's obviously going to um, increase the price because there's just not as much supply out there in the world. Yeah, you mentioned um, Hurricane Katrina. I remember that back in 2005 and obviously a lot of natural gas production and, and uh, facilities in, in the, the Gulf area. That that shut down things for a while, and that impacts it for a short term, at least. Yeah, and, and that and definitely has an impact for sure. Um, the the other thing that you you mentioned that has an impact is also the geopolitical events. So if we have a, an administration that's trying to get rid of natural gas or demonize it or punish it through a bunch of taxes and regulations, you're going to see companies just not want to produce as much or not do bigger <clears throat> and new plants and extraction refineries because there's just not an incentive to do so. In yeah. fact, before we started the show, you said that they haven't built a large oil refinery since 1970. and Or 70s, yeah. Yeah, 70s, in yeah, yeah. In, in that range because, um, I mean, it's like, it's kind of puzzling. Why not? But <laughs> uh, especially in today's day and age, um, I wouldn't be super excited to start one of those just because of the government's current um, position towards fossil fuels. Um, you know, who knows? You may start the plant. And then um, <clears throat> two or three years into it, the regulations get crazy. OSHA red tape, environmental red tape just gets become um, too burdensome. And you may yeah. just say, you know what, this isn't worth it. So there's all those um, factors that go into play as far as new um, new operations and new projects going forward, which is unfortunately kind of the state of affairs we're in. Yeah, next time you drive... I don't know if you go through like El Paso, you go through regions where they have these refineries in the Midwest, mm -hmm. just take a note when you're going by them. Cause they're usually right off the freeway somewhere for convenient access. They look ancient. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's like uh, some kind of archeological dig here, rusting away and yeah, seventies. Yeah, it's been a long time. Or something that maybe was on Mad Max. Or yeah, Mad Max. yeah. Get your last <laughs> gallon. Yeah. They're definitely out. dated for sure. Oh man. Um, yeah. So it would be, it would be a, I think a good thing economically if we could, um, extract more or at least um, do more of it domestically um, and maybe tap into our reserves because we have quite a bit of reserves in both natural gas and oil. And um, naturally, as time goes on, these um, these fossil fuels are naturally going to be used less and less as we um, find better ways and more efficient ways. But in the meantime, this is kind of technology we have and it works pretty yeah, good. It so it's been refined it's not, for mm -hmm. use of another word over a yeah, hundred years. It has, it has. And the 
technology and environmental impact of natural gas extraction and oil uh, versus today versus maybe 40 years ago is drastically different. Yeah. Um, much less um, pollution, much less impact on the environment, much more efficient with what they're actually able to get out of the product. So um, I definitely think that moving forward, um, looking at commodities and specifically oil and natural gas is a very um, prudent thing for investors to look at and say, is this a good asset class for me to be in? Now, the flip side is um, they can be very volatile. Um, they can definitely move around a lot, and especially with nat- uh, with gas. Um, if OPEC comes out and makes just a sweeping decision, um, you know that could affect the price pretty dramatically. And, and we, as investment advisors, are always trying to you know with OPEC at least we're we're, we're reacting after the news has come out because we don't know what OPEC is going to do, and um, that is one of the challenges. But over the long haul, um, I mean, oil right now is at $77 a barrel um, for crude, and um, in 2008, it hit a high of 150 But in the last maybe five to 10 years, it's been hovering kind of in that high 80s to 120 range. Okay. So I think we're definitely below where we've been historically. I mean, not as low as the pandemic, but still, um, I think we definitely have some um, upside potential there. Yeah, and I would just like to end on Glenn. Um, what would life be like without this? And natural gas, you, you put, mm-hmm. put a note in here about, and especially for some of the people listening, maybe in, in some of the warmer areas of Arizona, imagine uh, no AC, no AC <laughs> without that natural gas. It would not be a happy, yeah. it, it, would, it wouldn't have grown as much, quite honestly. Yeah, the, yeah. The Southwest. So no natural gas in their AC, and maybe your furnace is yeah. electric and it's not as efficient or yep. your oven or stove or barbecue. I mean, no chef Ramsey. Yeah. All right. If you want to talk with Glenn, um, give him a call 928-225-2474 email intelligent investing at wtwealthmanagement.com next week. Uh, let's get into gold, silver, some other commodities as well. Yeah. Gold, silver, and lithium and lithium. All right. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Take care. The following has been paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we've discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions.